0: couple things I want to mention really quickly number one I really want to keep encouraging us in the place of prayer prayer is fueling so much of what God is doing but it's also as God continues to open doors you have to have how do I say you have to have even more focused prayer to sustain you where God's taking you So we have an all-church prayer coming up in a couple weeks, but we have prayer every week before service, 15 minutes. It's just an opportunity to pray. So I really invite you and encourage you, come in a little earlier. Be here for prayer. Be here to connect and, and just to engage with what God's doing in prayer. Secondly, everybody say in two weeks wanted to mention, Pastor Sharon and I are very excited about that. Uh, this, but we are going to have some special guests, and it's our pastors, Bishop Flynn and Carolyn Johnson. Now, many of you don't know the Johnsons because just the last several years with travel restrictions and everything, it just hasn't worked to get them here. So I think it's actually been about four or five years since they were able to be here in person. So they're going to be here on Sunday, June 4th. You don't want to miss it. God brought them into our lives right after we were married over 18 years ago. Well, it literally would be... 18 years ago, June. Actually, it's going to be 18 years. God brought them into our lives. We would not be who we are without them. We would not be where we are without them. Obviously, it was the Lord's work, but, you know, every, every, everyone needs pastors, and pastors needs pastors, and, uh, and so you are guys are going to love them, and, and some of you do know them, so you already know you love them, but we're excited to have them in two weeks. So, okay, today what I want to do is I want to continue our annual Legacy Series. Everybody say Legacy. And so I'll give a little bit more of an introduction because I know we just got some guests today. And again, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Let's um, tell we love Jesus, we love worship, we love what God's doing, and, um, and we love the word. And uh, so we, 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 every year around this time we do a series entitled Legacy. Now what, what is legacy? Legacy is something that is built, it's very important, it's something that is built something that's invested in, something that's sacrificed for, but it's something that is built or constructed by one generation with the intention of passing it to the next. It doesn't become legacy until you pass it on. It doesn't become legacy until it's positioned for the next generation. And so when we talk about legacy as a church, we talk about what God is building, what God wants to build here, and it's a good thing for us, that's why we come back to it year after year. What is God building here at Toronto City Church? But with an intentionality of not just building for now, but also thinking generationally. And what, is we, or what are we building for generations? What are we building that's going to outlive us or go beyond us? So it's not just a focus on what's good for us or what we want or what we enjoy, but it's actually thinking about what is going to go beyond us to the next generation. That's why on one level, you know, we talk about how the church isn't a building, and we know the church isn't a building. The church is God's people, his called out ones. But even when you talk about something like a facility, that could be part of legacy. Because it's something that even would outlive us. It's something that... We sorry, you know, we've we've got we've built phase one and phase two. You know, at some point we'll be working on phase three. Well, when we do that, the next generation comes up, they go build other things. They don't need to build that, they get to receive the blessing and benefit of what we sacrificed, prayed for, gave to, etc. Do you understand what I mean? What legacy is? And obviously we can talk about things like building, but there's so much beyond that. There's spiritual legacy, there's legacy of, of anointing and the things that God is doing. And so we're talking about this element of legacy and we're Talk about who we are, what God has called us to, and what we're building as a church family. Now, on a very practical note, this leads up to June 11th. So on Sunday, June 11th, we are going to have our annual legacy offering. Now, again, this is an offering that we take up every year, and it's an offering that goes to very specific projects to help us continue to build, to advance, and to move forward. So everyone's regular giving, because we've got incredible generosity here at Toronto State Church. We're so thankful for that. The regular giving kind of keeps the lights on, keeps us moving forward, takes care of details. But something like a legacy offering, sometimes people wonder, you know what? It's going to specific targets that help us to advance. And so I want to let you know about just several of the things that we're going to be focusing on, just because I would mentioned to you guys the last couple weeks, we'd let you know. And so just really quickly, if the guys want to throw that up on the screen for me, it's very simple of what we're focusing on with legacy. So number one, we are going to be focusing on, and we can just run the next one up there for me. You can honestly just throw them all up. So where it's going to be $5,000 of the offering is going to be going towards signage and visuals here in the building. If you remember last year, one of our main legacy portions was getting the whole facility painted besides in here. In the sanctuary. What we want to do now is improve the signage, improve some of our visuals, make it an even more welcoming atmosphere, make it easier. You know, sometimes if you're a first time guest, Sometimes it's hard to figure out what is where because we don't have a lot of good signage yet. We're for that. We want to make sure we focus on signage. We also want to do, there's $10,000 this offering that's going to go to a server internet upgrade. Now, right now, we are literally streaming this service live. There are people watching from all over, and there's people that watch on YouTube. And so our internet infrastructure is important. Our servers are important. And we really do need to upgrade them to keep growing and doing what we're doing and to be better stewards of our resources. And so we're going to have an upgrade on that, And then 15,000, we actually decide we all want to paint the inside of the sanctuary and have a fresh coat of paint. Uh, The building is more than 10 years old. You don't notice it as much in here because usually the lights are off. But it does need some work. It needs some TLC. So we're going towards that. And then last but not least, I want to say to be determined, there's an infrastructure project. We just are waiting for some final quotes and details. So it may be parking lot items because there's some things that need to happen there. Or it may be some issues at the dome as well. But we'll let you know by next week on that. And so here's how we do it like. Offered. We're not going to do any fundraising techniques. We're not trying to twist anybody's arm to give. We simply ask, pray, and obey. Just do what God asks you to do. And if your heart is stirred about building legacy, being part of what God's building here in Toronto City Church, then just pray and ask the Lord what you can sow and what you can contribute, and we're going to do that at 11th, and we're going to pray over it as a church family. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of our core values of a church family. Now, I know it might sound boring off the start when I say we're going to talk about core values, but I promise you it will get interesting. Uh, what we what we decided to do this year in Legacy, we've got so many new faces, so many people who have recently come to TCC and we love it. We're so thankful for that. We are just honored and thankful for every person that kind of comes through these doors and comes to join us. But we thought for this month, let's just go back to the basics and some of the foundations of who we are and what God's called us to. Let's just go. Let's So for some of us, it's a good refresher. And then for some of us, it's obviously new information and learning more about who we are as a church family. We believe in the importance of leading with vision. The Bible says without a vision, people perish or they cast off restraint. It also, says in Habakkuk 2. I don't have a reference for the guys on the screen. But it says, write the vision down and make it plain that they may see it and may run with it. And so we talked about some elements of what we've developed within our vision. Our vision is where we're going, what God's calling us to, who we are. As we talked some elements of our vision, but we talked two weeks ago, I took some time and I preached to you about our mission. And that's the first part of our vision is our mission. And our mission, once again, was simply this. Know God and make him known. Everybody say, know God. Know God. Everybody say, make him, known. make him known. And so that's the first part. I will not re-preach that. You can go back and watch online. But then we have what we call core values. Now, what is a value? A value is something that you value. It's something that's valuable to you. I know, very deep, right? It's something that, that, that really matters, something that's at the core. And when we talk about core values, these are like core, core, core mindsets, core perspectives, core things that need to be the heart of who we are. And so we actually have six core values here at Toronto City Church. We built around an acronym called CREEDS, partially because I just like acronyms. But our core values are this, creativity, relationships, evangelism excellence discipleship and the supernatural now today i'm going to talk to you about three of our core values next week pastor sharon is going to be back again preaching you guys are blessed you get her twice this month so hey, amen. i'm trying to get her to preach more often anyone want pastor sharon to preach more often just give a shout man, so there we go <laughs> She gave me the same look last service too. So just, you know, it's not that she doesn't want to preach. It's just she does so many things here around church that a lot of times she's got like five different things. She's making sure we're good, so I'll be like, "You want to preach this week?" And she's like, "Sure." Do you want to do this and this and cover this and watch out for this and take care of this? I'm like, ah, "I'll preach." Okay, we're good. So, but we are going to have. Uh, she's going to be up next week. She but today I want to talk to you about three of our core values, and these again are just core things that really matter to us. They're things that we want to have in our heart, and they're also things that we always want to keep in front of us to challenge us to grow into and to challenge move forward. Today I want to talk to you for a few moments about relationships. Everybody say relationships. I want to talk about evangelism. Everyone say evangelism. And I want to challenge us for a bit about discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. So let's lock and load. Let's talk for a moment about relationships. First and foremost, at Toronto City Church today, I want to share with you about the importance of relationships. Number one, I want to talk to you about your relationship with God. Here's the question I want to ask you this afternoon. Where is your relationship with God at right now? Because that is such an important question, and that matters so much. And here at Toronto City Church, we want to be a church where people have strong relationships with God. We want to be a church where every member, where every person that comes and connects and gets involved doesn't just know about God, but really knows God. How many know there's a difference between knowing somebody and knowing about them? Amen. That's two of you. All right. There is a difference between knowing someone and knowing about them. You know, you can be a fan of someone. You can know a lot of things about them, but you don't know them. You know It's NBA playoff season, so my son and I have been watching the playoffs, and the Raptors need some prayer. They were gone a long time ago, so my son adopted the Lakers as his next step and his next step up, and he's particularly against Jokic and the Nuggets, but it's not going very well, so pray for him and all the Lakers fans, because it hasn't been going as great. But you know, LeBron James is the star of the Lakers. Now, how many know you can know a lot of things? Oh, I got a fan of LeBron right there. I got a clap. So how many know you can know a lot about LeBron James? You can find out a lot, especially today in social media. You can know his height. You can know his weight. You can know his jersey number. You can know what high school he went to. You can know his mom. You can know his wife. You can know who his kids are. You know, you can follow on social media. But how many of you know you can know a lot of things about him, but it doesn't mean you know him? And if you came visiting Toronto and was walking down the street, you went, LeBron, what's up? <laughs> he probably calls security, right? <laughs> right? Because he, he doesn't know you. There's a difference between knowing someone and knowing about them. And too often as Christians, we fall into the trap about knowing about God, learning things that people have taught us. We know different verses. We know different things. But we don't actually really know him. We're not walking in a deep, real relationship with him. And if, as your pastor, if we're building a church that is filled with people that are not being challenged and encouraged and growing in knowing God, what are we doing? What are we doing if we're missing the main point, which is for us to know God? And obviously this ties into our mission. Know God. Make Him known. But God wants us to know Him. God wants you to know him he doesn't just want you to know about him he wants you to have a real relationship with him he wants you to walk with him he wants you to be able to hear his voice that is his call for every one of us and so here at Toronto City Church we want to be about relationships and the starting point is about our relationship with God let me review a few verses we hit on them a couple weeks ago but they're so good let's read them again John 17 verse 3 says this and this is eternal life that they know you the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent Right? This is eternal life, to know him. Uh, Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-three to 34, For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, I will write it on their hearts, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This verse is speaking prophetically of what would happen when Jesus died and rose again. And you remember we talked about a number of weeks ago when the veil was torn in two and the separation between us and God was broken down and we can now come into a relationship with him. That's why Jesus came, but he came so we could know him. So how sad is it if Jesus died for all of us from least to greatest to know God and yet many of us hang back to just knowing about him. We wanna be a church where we press in to know God. Jeremiah nine twenty three to 24 says this, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, nor let the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this. The Bible's giving you permission to boast in this, that he understands me and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. We want to be a church that boasts in knowing him and understanding him. And I understand that we'll never know God completely. That's all of eternity. We can come to know him. We'll never understand God fully. But this is the call. This is the purpose. This is the high call that God has for us. That we would know him. The fellowship of his sufferings. The power of his resurrection. Toronto City Church. We are called to be a church filled with people who know their God. And that God wants you to know him. And I really want to challenge you today. Because for so many of us I feel like it's so easy to go into maintenance mode. Where God is saying today, no, draw nearer to me. Wherever you are in your relationship with God today, I want you to know there's more. I want you to know there's more that he is calling you to. There's more that he's stirring your heart. Don't settle today for what you've already achieved, but press in to know him. And so I ask you again today, how is your relationship with God? Because he wants you to grow in knowing him. And we wanna be a church that grows in this and moves forward with this. Now the second part of relationships, because there's two sides to it, is first there's the relationship between us and God. Picture the cross. There's the vertical beam from earth to heaven, us knowing God, but then there's also the horizontal beam where Jesus stretched out his arms and he gave his life for us. And that represents not just relationship with God, but also we wanna be a church where there's amazing relationships with one another. We want to be a church where we love one another. We want to be a church where we serve one another. I mean, let's be honest. I know for some of us in here, I know I've struggled at that time, the loving God part Right, let me, let me read to you actually, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. So the great command, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's the deal. How many people have found besides me that sometimes it's a little easier to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength than to love your neighbor as yourself? Well, we can tell the truth, let's be honest. Some of you are just lying right now, but let's tell the truth. It's a whole lot, because God's perfect. Right, God is perfect, so it's easy to love him, but God says no, but you also need to love one another. You need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here at Toronto State Church, we talk about relationships. If you hang around here, we want your relationship with God just to shoot through the roof. We want you to grow so much in knowing God, not just about him, but growing a relationship. But then we also want to see God's love and God's health come into every relational aspect of your life. That's part of what we want to see. If you're married, we want to see the love and power of God manifest in your marriage. If you've got kids, we want to see the love and power of God manifesting in your family as a whole. If you're not married, but you want to get married, we want to see the love and power of God find that spouse for you, bring you together so you can build the family you want to. Maybe even you're not wanting to get married or you're not called to get married. I know some of you are rebuking that in Jesus' name, but maybe that's not the call. But we want you to have relationships and community for God to build around you. God has called us and we want to press in that we would love one another. That's what Jesus said. They know you follow me not by how loud you worship not by how high you raise your hands not by how about how, 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 how many messages you preach you said they're going to know you follow me by the way you what love one another so we want to be a church family with amazing relationships with one another you I'd encourage you i'll speak on it for a moment but to do a study on all the things the bible tells us that we need to be and share and do for one another I'll give you some examples. In Mark 9, 50, he says, Be at peace with each other. John 13, verse 4 says, Wash one another's feet. John 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Romans 12, verse 10 says, Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, 16 says, Live in harmony with one another. Romans 13, verse 8 says, Love one another. Romans 14, 13 says, Stop passing judgment on one another. Romans 15, 7 says, Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Romans 15, 14 says, says, instruct one another. Romans 16, 16 says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, just make sure we watch how we apply that one. Get yourself in trouble. I don't want to do greeting my wife with a holy kiss, all right? But there's this element. There was some cultural context for that, but that was talking about a greeting of friendship. Get ourselves in trouble. First Corinthians 11, says, actually, I laugh when I read this one. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. That's good manners. So my wife's told me that for years. She's like, don't eat yet. Everyone hasn't got their food, right? Well, I just realized it's in the Bible. She's been speaking the Word of God to me all this time, right? Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6, verse 2, carry one another's burdens. Ephesians 4, verse 2, be patient, bearing with one another. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Ephesians 5.19, speak to one another. Psalms, hymns, spiritual psalms. Ephesians 5.20, submit to one out of reverence for Christ. Philippians 2, verse 3, in humility, consider others better than that I could go on and on and on here. Guys, we want to be a church family that obeys the word, not just with our love for God, but with our love for one another. And when we live this out, it creates these amazing relationships because God's called us to be family. He's our father. We are brothers and sisters in him. And there's this spiritual blessing and grace of family that comes when we are open to receive it. And so here at Toronto City Church, we want to have relationships with God and relationships with one another that are so strong. And you know what's interesting, and I'll just close the relationship portion with this thought. How many know we need to fight for relationships? Right? we need to make sure we're not fighting each other, but we fight for relationships. Now, let's be real. You put all these people in this room. You bring all these people into a church. Let's be real. There's going to be times of conflict. There's going to be times where we see things differently. There's going to be times where we have frustrations with one another. That's why we have to choose to fight for one another. We have to choose to fight for a relationship. We have to choose to say, "I am not going to give into what the enemy wants to do. I'm not going to give into gossip. I'm not going to give into backbiting. I'm not." Going to give into judgmental spirits or criticisms because I'm choosing to fight for relationships. I'll give you an example of where we walked this out, and I really actually honor our church family. Through the entire pandemic, I've seen churches that got torn apart by disagreements over different things that were happening. I promise you, if we were to do a poll in this room, there would be a lot of different opinions about a lot of different things. But you know what I loved in our church? We talked about it, and we lived it out. We said, you know what? People will have some different opinions, but we are going to choose to stay centered around Jesus. We're going to choose to honor each other, to serve each other, and to support each other. And we can have conversations, but love is still going to be the foundation. Amen? And so if you could just give a hand, actually, as a church family, because I want to say, we really, we weren't perfect. But, but I promise you, I've seen some situations where it got pretty crazy. And we were able, because we fought for relationship. Everybody say relationship. So that's core value number one. Let me talk to you a little bit now about evangelism, core value number two. Now, again, I'm building on my message last or two weeks ago because two weeks ago we talked about making him known. We talked about the preeminence and importance of being people of an evangelistic heart. But I wanted to build on top of that and just encourage your heart a little bit more because it's so important. It's so key that we keep this value of evangelism and of sharing the good news with people at the very center of what we do. And we have to fight for it because it's so easy to let this one begin to slide. Once again, we touched on this, as I said, in our mission. But here at Toronto State Church, we want to be a rescue ship church filled with rescue ship Christians, not a cruise ship church filled with cruise ship Christians. And so we talked about the importance of this. I'm not preaching against cruises. Cruises are great for vacations. But if somebody's drowning in the water, if somebody needs help, it is wrong to go cruising when you should be trying to rescue somebody. And we want to have the heart because it's so easy to fall into the mindset as a church where cruise ship Christians focus on comfort and convenience. What's comfortable for me? What's convenient for me? What's easy for me? somebody new comes to church and they don't know Jesus, but they happen to sit in your seat and you're mad all service because your seat got taken instead of having a heart to pray that who's this person, what's God want to do in their life? Listen, instead of being mad, they took your seat. Maybe just believe every week you sit there, the anointing of God is flowing off of you into that seat. And now the anointing of God is flowing into that person. But see, when you're a comfort based Christian, it's just, well, this is uncomfortable for me. This is not easy for me. We got to push all that to the curb guys in this season that we're in because there's so many people that need the love of Jesus and God needs his believers and God needs his church to not just look inward for what's comfortable and easy but to look outward to the world around us and say how can I love people how can I serve people how can I be the hands and feet of Jesus and demonstrate him to the world around me that is a rescue ship Christian let's look at a couple verses Luke 19 verse 10 Jesus said this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus came. He was on a rescue mission. So why would we take on any other approach than joining Jesus in his rescue mission? Luke 5, 29-32 says this, And Levi made a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at this disciple saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Again, we see the heart of Jesus. He says, Listen, I've got a cure. There's a disease out there. It's sin, I've got a cure. I'm calling people to repentance. That was his heart, so that should be our heart too. Luke 15, to 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawn near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Notice it's the same criticism, the same line. And so he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Watch this. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who need no repentance." Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses a coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search diligently until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Guys, this is the core value of heaven. Catch the heart here of what Jesus is saying. There is such a value placed on every person. There's such a value placed on people coming to know Jesus that literally, I don't think this is just being figurative, all of heaven rejoices any time a sinner repents and comes to Jesus. Guys, we want to be a church family that regularly causes parties in heaven come on. We want to be a church family that carries that same heart, that we rejoice, that we are excited, that there is a priority on seeing people come to Jesus. That it's not just about what's comfortable for us. It's not just what's easy for us. It's not just about what works for us, and well, this is going to fit my schedule. No, we are committed to evangelism. We are committed to sharing our faith. We are committed to seeing people come to Jesus Christ. That's what it means. Can I ask you some questions today that challenge me, that i I will challenge all of us today question number one when was the last time that you and I were thankful for salvation in our lives but I don't mean just kind of generally because I think all of us oh yeah of course I'm thankful but like when was the last time you had a moment where you just gave thanks to God that he saved you was the last time you had a moment where you just said, thank you, Jesus. Maybe it was in worship. Maybe it was in a prayer time. Maybe it was a devotional time. But you just said, man, where would I be today without Jesus? Where would I be? And it stirs something in your heart because one of the greatest enemies of having an evangelistic spirit is self-righteousness where we forget what God has done for us and we somehow start to feel like we've earned something by our own goodness. But when we understand that we were hopelessly lost, every one of us without him, when we remember that, it stirs our heart for those who don't yet know him. Question number two, when was the last time you or I were concerned for someone's eternal condition? What do I mean by that? When was the last time we were sitting with someone, we talked with someone, we interacted with someone, and our heart began to stir and say, you know, if they died, where would they go? Do they know Jesus? I remember I was very marked by this years ago. I was at a, a conference actually in Columbia, and I actually don't remember complete what it was. The pastor got up. He said, my heart was just so grieved this morning. He said, because I was wondering how many of those people who passed away yesterday did not know Jesus. And how can we reach more people? I was so convicted in that moment because I didn't even think about that. I saw it, I went, oh, it's sad. But sometimes you get overwhelmed by all the bad things happening in the world. So it's just kind of, it's there, it kind of happens. You know what I mean? But it stirred my heart. I thought, man, I want to be more like him where he had a concern for their eternal condition. The third question is, when was the last time you or I prayed for somebody by name to come to Jesus? When was the last time we, we took time to pray for somebody? Or even pray generally that people would come to you? I mean, you know, I think for all of us, we go, man, that should be something we're praying every day. That's something we should be praying. I mean, somebody prayed for us. Somebody, somebody reached out to us. And then the last question, and I think it's good for all of us, is, When was the last time I shared my faith with someone? I reached out to someone with the love of God. I mean, I challenge myself in this because I go, well, I give an altar call every Sunday. But it's like, yeah, okay, but you're not in the pulpit. When was the last time you just reached out to somebody? When was the last time you ministered to somebody, shared your faith with somebody? Guys, I believe if we're going to be a church that values evangelism, these are the kind of things we want to embrace. And no, we don't want to get into condemnation because sometimes you beat ourselves up. Yeah, I don't do it. I'm terrible. No, that's not what God wants. He just wants our hearts to be convicted. We start praying and say, okay, Lord, what can I do? I'm going to pray for this more. I'm going to reach out more. You know, I was sharing a bit in first service, some things we're even excited. We're, we're going full in with Alpha in the fall. And that's going to be an amazing opportunity. The Alpha course is an amazing opportunity to bring people together, to talk about faith, to introduce Jesus to them. We're going to start working more with Serve City, uh, or City Serve, sorry, City is a great church, but City Serve, I'll flip around, Love Serve City, shout out. But City Serve, and what City Serve has done is it's a Christian organization that has partnered with major retailers like Amazon, Walmart, and basically gone them and said, "You guys have a problem. You have a lot of extra stock that ends up in landfill sites. Totally fine, but it's just done. You don't know where it. We will take it. We will get it to churches so they can distribute it to people in need in the community. And it's literally happening by the truckload right now. So it's an amazing opportunity." Again to practically show the love of God to people around us. But guys, all that is great, but at the foundation of it's got to be a heart. And it's a heart that says, You know, I have a heart to pray for people to know Jesus. I have a heart to share faith with Jesus, to share Jesus with people. I will we have that heart. I'm gonna read one last passage on this, and then we're gonna one more thing and land. Second Kings 7 3 to 9. Context for this passage there's a great Samaria, it's a city in Israel. There's a great famine because an opposing army has come and laid siege to the city. And they're basically at a breaking point. It's been many months. People are starving. Atrocious things are happening. And so it says in verse 3, Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say let's enter the city, Well, the famine's in the city, so we'll die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. But let's go down to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we live. And if they kill us, well, we are going to die anyways. So they arose at twilight to go down to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and horses, the sound of a great army. So they said to one another, behold, the king of Israel is hired against us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys, leaving all the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when the lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off all the things from it and went and hid them. And then they said to one now watch this, they said to one We are not doing right. This is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until morning light, punishment shall overtake us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Family, I think we can all pick up what this passage is speaking to us. We were all caught up in the famine of sin, in the leprosy of sin. But Jesus came and supernaturally took out what the enemy's done. He supernaturally brought salvation to us. We are here today, the vast majority of us, because we found that camp. We found the salvation. We found the goodness of the Lord. We found the table that he prepares for us in the presence of our enemies. And that is awesome. But it is not right for for us to come here week after week, to go day after day, to receive the goodness of God in our lives, but never go back to the city and tell somebody about it. And I want to encourage you today in this season, it is time more than ever to take the good news of what God has done to the city around us, to take the good news of what God has done to the people. Around us. That is what being a church that has a value of evangelism is about. And I just actually want to pray this right now. Father, I pray in Jesus name right now, that you will stir in our hearts this passion and this fire for evangelism. God, stir in our hearts the heart to say we've experienced so many good things. We cannot keep this to ourselves, but we need to be witnesses who go back to the city and tell somebody about it, and so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say evangelism. All right, one last thing. I'll say it really quick, and then we're going to go to prayer. The third core value I want to talk to you about is discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. Here at Toronto City Church, we want to be a church filled with disciples who make disciples. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, Jesus said this. The scripture says, now 11 disciples went to Galilee, to a mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, I just laughed. I paused there for a second. I'm trying. How do you doubt at that moment? I mean, literally, Jesus is standing there in front of you. On the flip side, if you struggle with doubt sometimes, you're in some good company. Don't feel too bad. They literally had Jesus standing in front of them. They still struggle with doubt. But trust God, God wants to bring you out of doubt into faith, but, I do, but it's verse 18, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now I wanna just zero in right here on this part which says go into all the world and make disciples. I wanna just stir our hearts for a few moments about being disciples of Jesus and making disciples, but you have to first be a disciple because you cannot make something you yourself are not. But guys, there is a call to discipleship. There's a call to not just be a fan of Jesus, to not just show up on church on Sundays and kind of hear a good message and kind of go through some motions and then just go out and do your thing. You are called, and I am called, we are called to be disciples. Well, what is a disciple? I, I was thinking about it and there's different definitions that I think work. But I thought let's just let this passage speak for itself today. A disciple is someone who's following Jesus and is observing all he has commanded. In other words, who's obeying. Who's not who's actually following what he has said. Who's living a lifestyle of obedience family, Jesus did not die and rose again just so we could be Christians. He's looking for disciples. Jesus did not just die and rise again so we get a bunch of people to come to church. He's looking for disciples. Jesus did not just die and rise again so we could get people to throw some offering in an offering basket every once in a while and maybe do a couple good things. He is looking for disciples. Jesus did not just die and rise again so that we have people who know kind of to clap and raise our hands and say hallelujah at the right time, even though those things are good. But He is looking for disciples. My question for you today is, are you a disciple of Jesus? My question for myself, am I a disciple of Jesus? Am I following him, and am I seeking to obey all he has commanded? I I, I would say this today, and I I don't say it from anything other than just a heart that's praying and believing God for change, but we, we in many ways have a crisis of discipleship in the Western church. Because we have a lot of people who are saying the right things, but in our life, are we following Jesus? Are we obeying all of his commands? Everybody say all like all of his commands. Following Jesus is not a buffet where we go and pick which scriptures we like and which ones we don't and which commands we like and which ones we don't. That is not, this is not, I I like to say it this way. It is not Mandarin buffet. It is grandma's table where you eat everything she placed on the plate or else you don't get dessert. You know what I'm talking about a grandma's house like that? Grandma's house, you didn't pick what you want or what you chose. It's like you eat everything on your plate or else you're not getting dessert. And if you're going to be really stubborn and you're going to dig your heels in, grandma will put it in the fridge and you come back later at night, I'm hungry. Grandma said, oh, here's your dinner for you right there. I got peas. Yeah, but my peas are cold. Well, then you should have eaten your peas earlier, but that's the way it is. But too often we've now bought into a buffet mindset regarding the things of God. And instead of being disciples who obey all that Jesus commanded, we fall into the trap of being Christians who've created our own religion that does. not even look like what Jesus said many times. Like it looks good on the outside, but you start digging a little deeper and all of a sudden say, well, Jesus said this. Well, I don't do that. Jesus said this. Well, I don't really think you need to do all that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, but what about what Jesus commanded? Well, no, does anybody even do that? We just get pulled into all this. We're not being disciples anymore. You're not a disciple if you use Jesus to enrich your life on your terms. You're a disciple when you lay everything down and follow him. And you seek to obey. Now, is anyone here perfect at obeying Jesus? If there is anybody, come pray for me after service. I will receive that anointing. Because none of us are perfect. I'm not talking about perfection. But what I'm concerned about, and as pastor, what I want to make sure I guard our church against is, guys, it would blow some of your minds. Some of you, it wouldn't blow your minds because you've been out there, you've experienced it, and you've seen it. There's a lot of people today who are naming the name of Jesus who are not living in obedience to the Scriptures at all. Some are not at all, and it's, it, it, it's it's and it's dangerous because you start to think, oh, it's not bad. Pastor Samuel preached several weeks ago about how he and his uh, he and Esther, when they were, um, he talked about and he said this publicly, so mind me saying it. When they were uh, getting married, they had someone sit down and try to explain to them from the Bible why they actually could have sex before marriage. And they're trying to explain to them why it's not. But guys, there's a lot of people now that just say, oh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. I know that's what the Bible says, but. But that's not being a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is going to obey all that he has commanded. Everybody say all. Come on, everybody say obey. So, so what this means is, first and foremost, we need to search out what he says. We cannot be disciples if we're biblically illiterate. Amen. That's a technical way of saying you can't be a disciple if you don't read your Bible. Because how can you know what he's commanded if you never read it? So we need to search it. And someone says, well, that's a lot in there. Well, then you go on a journey, and you just learn, and you grow. And you repent, and you get back up, and you learn, and you grow. But we've got to be people who are looking away commands. And then we need to be people who make an effort to obey. And we say, I'm, I'm actually prioritizing. And all I'll say this. If uh, whoever um, come, keyboard, come back for me here. Sorry, Arnold. Yeah, I know it's Arnold. I'm like, sorry. I'm in preaching zone. Jerry, Arnold, somebody, Justin, whoever's here, come back. <laughs> Pastor Samuel, Matthew, I don't know. You play the key, Matthew. Come back, Matthew. Said. <laughs> all right, we get somebody. All right. So, sorry, Arnold. Forgive me. But <laughs> uh, my heart was really convicted, and this is why my heart was convicted is to prepare this. Because here, let me show you this. It says. James 1, says this, but be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. Here's the trap. When I get, the more comfortable I get hearing God say something then just choosing not to do it, whatever my reason is, maybe I find a theological way around it. Maybe I just don't do it. Maybe I find an excuse. I open myself up to deception. Now, here's the kicker with deception. When you're deceived, you don't think you're deceived. You think you're good. You worship and you think you're good. You pray and you think you're good. You come to church and you go, why well, just don't feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit? That's because you're deceived. Is that a little hard? Is it, that's the problem. I got to get you out of that. Some people are like, why well, I just, I, I feel like God's okay with this. No, you're just deceived. God's not okay with it. He said he wasn't okay with it. He's told you multiple times he's not okay with it. Now you feel he's okay with it. No, that's just deception. And the more we get used to hearing but not doing, the more we get established in deception. And then we get to the point where we will, we will argue to the end with somebody who's speaking the truth, and we're deceived. And, and, and I started praying, and I said, God, Show me where I'm deceived. And I'm not praying that because you know, I'm, I'm living for God. I, I promise you. I'm, I'm on point. But I don't want any little foxes in my life. And I want to have the humility to say, if there's deception in an area of my life, I'm not going to see it until the Lord shows it to me. Because I've been deceived. But if I get used to hearing but not doing, I put a target on my back and say, deceive me, devil right like i open myself up to deception and the Bible says in the last days, deception will run rampant. Why will it run rampant? Lawlessness will abound. Why? Because many people will lose sight of what God is saying. We will now find, and you start creating your own kind of version of Christianity. That's not Jesus' kind of version of Christianity. We don't want to do that. What do we want to be? We want to be disciples who follow Jesus and obey all his command. Let me read one more passage to you, and then we're going to pray. Matthew 7, 21 to 27, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who's in heaven so watch this now everyone says lord lord nobody says thank you jesus i love you lord nobody says hallelujah or whatever else not everyone i'm being kind of silly but those who do the will of my father on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name, and I will declare them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now this is a heavy passage, I'm not even pretend I can fully break down all the implications of this package, passage, I'm also not planning to test it out. Right? I'm not planning to go, well, you know exactly where is the line and what else. Here, here's what I want to do. I want to stay in the safe zone, which means not only do I call him Lord, but I do not do what he says. And that I follow what he said for my life. Why? Because that's what he's looking for. I was laughing about this with our first service crew. I mean, the guys who are getting in trouble here are prophesying, casting out demons and doing mighty works. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. Some of us, you you wouldn't stand before Jesus said that, hey, you, Jesus... Lord, Lord, did I not go to church 1.7 times a month? I gave in an offering every once in a while. I said, Bless you when people sneezed. Right? If these guys are in trouble, how many know if that's all we did, we're going to be in trouble too? Right? It's about having a heart that says, I'm going to be a disciple, I'm going to obey all his command." Come on, everybody say, Be a disciple. Everybody say, obey all he's commanded. So family, just in closing today, and Pastor Sharon's going to bring up the follow-up next week, but I want to encourage every one of us, as a church family, as we're continuing to grow in this journey of who we are and where God's called us, I want to encourage us, number one, in relationship. Let's go deeper in our relationship with God. Let's go deeper in our relationship with each other. Let's value relationship. Number two, let's be a rescue ship church. Amen, let's be a church that has a heart for people who don't know Jesus and not just be comfortable ourselves. And number three, let's be a church who are growing as disciples of Jesus and following him and obeying all he's commanded. Amen? Can we bow our heads and pray as we close today? Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And I just want to say, I know the Lord's speaking about many different things, but just as we close here today, I just really felt that conviction that I felt I believe that maybe there's many more that would want to join me in saying, God, show me any area of deception in my life. Show me where I've heard your word, but I've not obeyed it. Show me how I can follow you and obey all you've commanded. I think that's really the heart, guys. That's the heart. And so, Father, we just come before you today in Jesus' name. I pray over every person under the sound of my voice. I pray for every person who's turning in online. Now, Father, I pray and I take authority right now over a veil of deception that comes out of disobedience, a veil of deception that comes out of the enemy. Today, in the name of Jesus, I bind it, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for eyes being opened today in Jesus' name. God, I pray that our hearts would become so sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, that there would be a fresh sense of conviction in our hearts. Father, there would no longer be hardness of heart, but we would be people who obey all that you have commanded, that obey all that you have for us, and that we will grow as disciples who follow you. Come on, if your heart is to join me, because I'm praying this prayer today, but your heart is to join me in saying, I want to be a disciple. I want to grow as a disciple. I just want you to hold your hands out to the Lord today like you're receiving something. And Father, we pray all of us today, help us to be disciples. Help us to follow you. Do not be about comfort or be about just what's easy and convenient for us but help us to truly follow you help us to obey all that you've commanded and we thank you for all this today in jesus name come on just receive it right now father thank you for ministering this to us thank you for the deception being broken and our hearts being tuned in a fresh way to holy spirit and just with head bowed and eyes closed before we dismiss today I want to give an opportunity if there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love we've been separated from that love by sin the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord there's a gift of eternal life that's there for every one of us and I do not want to pretend today that there are not some people today that you need to be right with God And if you're in this place and you know you need to give your life to Jesus or you know you need to give your life back to Jesus, I would love to pray with you. I would love for us just to be able to encourage you to take that step and encourage you in that journey. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to give your life back to him, would you just wave your hand at me really quick? Just anybody, just with a hand raised. Thank you. I see those hands over there. I see that hand over there. If there's anybody else that says I need to be right with God today. Thank you. I see that hand there. Amen. Let's do this. Let's pray a prayer. I want us all to pray it together. But if you raise your hand, I want you to pray it from your heart. Say, Jesus, come on, let's pray it all together, all of us. Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Fill me. Forgive me free me I want to follow you in Jesus name amen 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 all right here's what we're going to do yeah come on we can give a hand today Uh, I want to those of you raise your hand we want to pray with you in just a moment but before we do that we just have a couple closing reminders before we dismiss us so I'm going to invite Joel to come real quick and uh, he's just going to come with some closing reminders for us and then I'm going to be back and I'll give some instructions for all of you who raised your hands
1: and then, wasn't that a good word? <laughs> little, who felt that little bit of conviction today? I, I, I felt that today for sure. Uh, just a few quick reminders for us. First-time guests. Uh, if you were with us for the first time, thank you so much. We just want to honor your presence. We, uh, we know you could be many places this morning, and we just thank you that you chose to join us this morning. And We want to honor your presence. If you want to visit the Get Connected table after service, we have a special gift for, that we want to give you and just get to know you a little bit better. So please make sure you do that in the foyer afterwards. Secondly, uh, just with our our giving, we just uh, thank you for your faithfulness in tithes and offerings. Like Pastor Brennan was saying, we are a generous church. And um, so there is going to be on the, the board uh, different ways that you can give. So just make note of those. Pick your, your option of choice. I know for me, e-transfer is the way that I do it. Uh, But just thank you again for your, your tithes and your offerings and your faithless and that it really helps us do what we do as a church family. Not all of us can, you know, be here or commit our time, but you are committing your time when you commit your finances. Because how did you get your finances? You got your finances by going to work. You know, your blood, sweat and tears is transferred into a payment. And when you give... God sees that as you giving your time as well. So thank you so much for being faithful. And that also do not forget on June 11th, we have our uh, legacy offering. So be praying about that and seeking the Lord as to what he would have you give in that offering. Finally, just a few little updates for what we have going on this week. Again, if you want to stay updated with what we're doing as a church family, you can sign up on the website uh, stay connected, get, get on the newsletter, or just check the website, and there's a calendar on there as well. But a few th- notes for this week. We have the Youth Convention Pursue Youth Convention coming up this Friday. That is an awesome opportunity for youth to encounter God. So parents, make sure that you register your child this week so that we can get them on that this weekend. And I think it's taking place at Canada Christian college and they do a phenomenal job and they really cultivate and create an atmosphere in which uh, youths can have an experience with God for themselves. Which is so important that they, especially coming to that youth age, they are owning their faith. They're owning their relationship with God. And one of the best ways to do that is to get into environments outside of the confines of their house or their parents' faith where they can actually have that experience and and start to build that relationship with God for themselves. And uh, let's see, two more here. Uh, Young adults, young adults, there's a worship event taking place this Friday evening. The last one, I I heard great things about the last one. Powerful time. Uh, Just like literally presence of God showing up, prophetic words going forth. Pastor Samuel told me some really cool testimonies from the last one. So young adults, that will be taking place here at the church uh, this Friday, I believe 7, 7 p.m. or 7.30 start. Check on the website for the, the detail on the specific time. And uh, yes, also School of the Spirit Level 1, 145 start for your class today. Pastor Sharon wanted to make a note of that. But let's pray and get you out of here so you can enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Father, we come in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for your word, Father, that uh, father instructs us corrects us uh, disciplines us father we thank you for just even that word today i pray that lord that we would not just be hearers of this word but we will be doers of this word father break us free from deception help us father to see the areas where we've we've gotten too familiar or father where we've heard your word but we're not putting it into action thank you father for bringing us together as a church family and giving us a vision that we can run with in this season and father i bless each person person i thank you father that for each person you've brought to this place i pray we bless them as they go father we just thank you father that they would have an amazing long weekend and bring them back safe again next week in jesus name amen all right church family enjoy the rest of your sunday and pastor bernard has another thought no, I was just going to say, we want to bless you to go. Thank you, guys. If you raised your hand or you know you should have forgive your life to
0: Christ, if you just want to meet over here, I'm going to be hanging here. Can I get a couple of the leaders to join me as well? We just want to pray with you for a moment. So just pick up your stuff. Come meet us real quick. We'd love to meet you and pray with you. So God bless you guys. Have a great long weekend. And congratulations as well to both of the families on the amazing dedications today. God bless you guys.